This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Um, it's been a while since I've done a show, and again, I must apologize for the sporadic nature of this show over the last several months. Uh, things have been happening, and they continue to happen. <laughs> um, if you're a Facebook friend of mine, personal Facebook, Friend. I don't say anything about. I didn't say anything about this on the uh, Dimland Radio Facebook page, which, by the way, if you haven't liked that page, please do. I'm hovering around 200 likes or something. So come on. <laughs> you know, if only all the likes that I got on my fa- on my Dimland Radio Facebook page translated to downloads of this podcast. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, um, anyway, I don't mean to guilt you. But if you are Facebook friends with me, uh, with my personal uh, Facebook page, you will know what has happened. Uh, <clears throat> on uh, the morning of Tuesday, no, uh, December 24th, my dad, uh, Bob, Robert Bob Fitzsimmons, died. Uh, he was 88. And... Um, the last show that I did, you'll recall I talked about his health challenges that were taking place uh, that uh, was happening uh, beginning on uh, October 15th. Now, his health had been not great since uh, since he was hospitalized earlier in the year. Um, my sister, being thoroughly convinced that the whole hospitalization thing back then was due to COVID. Um, They didn't find COVID right away. It wasn't until he was out of the hospital that first day in the hospital and he went into transition care. And his first day in transition care, they discovered that he had COVID. And he was in that transition care for eight days before the decision was made, he's got to go back to the hospital. And he did. And it looked pretty touch and go. But a couple days in the hospital, he he recovered much better than back to transition care. Uh, and then finally he came into, he, he was able to go home. My sister lived with him for a few weeks until uh, my wife and I could arrange moving in with dad. We did that in early August, August 5th. We moved in and we've been living in uh, dad's house ever since. Uh, we are inching ever closer to getting our house ready to sell. Because the deal was that Amy and I would move in with Dad so that we could take care of him and help him uh, stay in in his home for as long as possible. And uh, upon his death, Amy and I would would inherit the house. We didn't think it would take (laughs) just over two months, but, you know... If we were hoping for a year or two, but uh, anyway, so some of this is going to be a recap of what I talked about before on, on the last show. But uh, it was a Sunday morning. It was this, uh, October fifteenth. Dad was not feeling well. I I uh, was you know, checked on him in the morning, and you know he just uh, he he had ne- nearly fallen down because he was getting something from his dresser and he almost fell down but he caught himself and he managed to get back to his bed and um, 
he wasn't well. I I checked his temperature and it seemed low to me. And then I called my older brother and I said, I think I probably should call the nurse line, but I'm just letting you know, dad seems in bad shape. I don't know. It's a flu. I, I don't know what it was. And Bob encouraged me. He said, "Well, just call the doctor's office. They'll get a nurse, to, you know." And which I've done before. Uh, and so I called, and the nurse had me check his temperature again. It was ninety-four point two. She said, "Call an ambulance." Turns out he was having uh, a massive heart attack. He had one of his three arteries uh, that comes off the heart. One of the main three. One of them was one hundred percent blocked, and there was other problems. Surgery cleared that up and got the blood flowing again. I went down uh, later that day, you know, uh, and waited for him to get into a room and went and visited with him, and he seemed okay. And like I mentioned, uh, he just was uh, uh, stunned that he got into the operating room so quickly. They got me here, and I went right in. And I made the joke to him. I said, well, Dad, that's the benefit of having a heart attack. You get to go first in line. You get to the head of the line. You're, you're right in. So... And I think as I, I talked, um, you know, I didn't see him again until Wednesday. My older brother and my sister had both been with him. Uh, you know, my sister came down that Sunday night so that I could go home. And, and my sister was there, the, uh, you know, came up to see him Monday and Tuesday. My older brother Bob, my sister's Nancy, uh, my older brother Bob came and was with Dad those two days. And from what I was hearing from them, especially Tuesday morning, my sister made it sound as though, yeah, Dad's... That's about done. But Wednesday, after taking some medications to help get his kidneys working properly again, or at least working better, he seemed to improve. And hearing from them, they says, "Yeah, he's oh, he's, he's improving. He's improving." And then I saw him, and I told my uh, both my older brother and my sister uh, by the end of that week that um, Dad was nowhere near where he was Sunday after the surgery. As far as his cognitiveness, his ability, his 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 awareness, his alertness, he he was nowhere near that. And I kept saying to my wife Amy, I said, I don't see him coming back from this. And I was say, I don't I don't know what's how is he going to come back to the house? I don't see him. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I just play doctor online. So you know, that's that's where it was, and and th and that's what I think. That's about where. You, I got to in my last show that I talked to you, so you're kind of caught up there. Well, that Sunday, uh, after the last show that I did, the, the Sunday, uh, which would be the uh, 22nd, um, Amy and I went down in the evening to visit, and uh, my sister was there. Uh, my dad's younger brother, Ray, came to visit, which he did often. Uh, which was a comfort to my dad to have his brother come and see him, even when dad was, you know, back home. His, his and his and ever since mom uh, died, um, Uncle Ray would make frequent visits to the house just to check on his older brother, see how he's doing. Visit, make him feel like you know he's still part of the world, and. Uh, uh, we, Nancy, the funny thing here is that uh, when we got there, Amy and I, Nancy uh, excused herself. She went out into the hall. She was on the phone with our, with my older brother, our older brother. She was on the phone with him. And so Amy and I sat down with Dad. And Dad saw us, and he says, hi. And the, and the first thing, this is one of the last things he said to me. He says, he says hi to the two of us, and then he looks at me and says, do you need money? <laughs> I said, I said, well, I mean, yeah, but no, I didn't say that to Dad. I said, no, Dad. I said, and besides, uh, you haven't got any money here. <laughs> I mean, you came to the hospital in your T-shirt and underwear. That's it. <laughs> it's like, you don't, you don't have anything. Um, and then he just kind of, he rested. And then... Uh, Amy and, and Nancy and I uh, went to the family room and sat and had a talk and that's when I brought up with my sister that dad was never I don't think dad was ever as good as he was the Sunday after the surgery and my sister said oh no you're right yeah no he never got back that 
you know, but we were seeing improvement, but no, no. She said, it's just a matter of time. His body is, 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 is giving up. You know, it's, it, this is, this is happening. And, and so, okay. But it got to be about eight o'clock. Dad, you know, dad was pretty, seemed like he was tired. And, and so the, my sister just asked, dad, do you want us to go? Do you want to just rest now? Do you, do you want us to go home? And dad said, yeah, you know, go on home or however you put it. So, you know, Amy and I, Nancy and my uncle Ray, we all said our goodbyes and went home. Um, sometime after 10 o'clock, I got a phone call from uh, a physician's assistant who was working with my dad at the hospital. And he said to me, um, first they, they were trying to get a hold of my older brother, Bob. See, now, Bob and I both had medical power of attorney. Bob was number one. I was number two. So that means if, you know, if Bob was not available, decision-making would come to me. So they were trying to get a hold of Bob, but they couldn't get him on the phone. So they called me. And they said, well, here's what's going on. Your father has had two, let's say I wrote it down. Hopefully I can read it. Uh, he's had two incidences of uh, ventricular tachy tachycardia. Tachycardia, so ventricular tachycardia, or as they call it, VTAC. What that is, uh, as he explained it to me, is that the heart, uh, the, the 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 beat of the heart, speeds up wildly, and it, you know, because like the normal resting heart rate, you know, is sixty to a hundred beats a minute, and. You know, uh, when this VTAC happens, the heart rate goes to over 100 beats a minute. Uh, and I guess sometimes, you know, significantly over 100 beats per minute. And what that can do to people is that not enough blood gets through. It's too, the, 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 it's too quick of a beat. There's not enough oxygen gets into the blood that's there. And so a person will, uh, they might pass out. Uh, they, either, or they'll get, they'll get dizzy, uh, they'll, they'll lose consciousness. That, that's what can happen. And as the physician's assistant uh, explained to me, he said, uh, uh, people in your father's condition, being 88 years old, weakened state in his health anyway, he said 95% of the people who have that happen die. He said, your father is one of the 5% that pull through. So I don't know how long it lasts, you know, for a few seconds, for a few minutes or whatever, but the heart's going, whoa, crazy, crazy, crazy. He said, your father would lose consciousness, and then the heart would get back to its more normal rhythm, and he'd, and he'd come out of it, and he'd, he'd be all right. So what, the, so what this fellow wanted to know from me is we had like a, a do not resuscitate kind of thing. There were certain caveats on, you know, no CPR, as in uh, no chest compressions, no, nothing like that. Uh, it, there were certain interventions that we thought were okay at that point, but it, it, they would have to be pretty mild. Uh, we were, we were, we were edging so close to just going over to palliative care or comfort care for dad. I'll explain that in a moment. But he said, if this should happen again, if he should go into this VTAC again, we could defibrillate. That's where they take those, you know, those electrical charge pads, things, and put them on them and say clear, and they zap them with some electricity to shock the heart, hopefully back into rhythm. Um, and he explained to me, he says, if we do that, there are two possible outcomes. One, his heart goes in, he, he, his heart goes back into rhythm, to he's dead and he said i'm sorry to be blunt but i need you to understand that that is the two possibilities that the two things that are going to happen he's either the heart's either going to get going again or he's going to die if we do the defibrillation the other option that they could do there's a medication they could give him that would essentially calm the heart and maybe get him through the night so that the cardiologist could come in in the morning and decide where to go from there. Now, when he told me that, I thought to myself, well, to, to what end? 
I mean, he's not coming back from this. What? what I mean, you know, what, what, how is this going to help? I mean, you know, get him through the night, okay, but... But then what? <laughs> uh, and I said to the... To the, to the I'll, I'll just call him doctor, because there's no easy way... There's no short way to say physician's assistant. You know, fizz ass. <laughs> the fizz ass called me. No, it's... it's, uh, it, it's I'll just say doctor. So I told the doctor. I said, I, I, I am thinking that I don't want you to do either. And he said, that is an option. It's just, we, we don't have to do anything. If he goes into the VTAC again, we'll see if it takes him or if he comes back out of it. We can do that. And I said, well, you know, and my sister was trying to get a hold of my brother, and at the time, it's just, I, I don't have the whole chronology correct or whatever, however, because I talked to my sister at some point, I talked to my brother after talking to the doctor, and, you know, it's, you know, I think I talked to my sister and explained what was going on, and I think she tried to get a hold of Bob, and, and if Bob finally got a hold of me, I said, I told the doctor, look, I, 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 I want to get a hold of my older brother. I, he's, he's number one on the medical power of attorney. I, 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 and, and I, if the, if there was no way to get a hold of him, the decision I would have made, and, the, and my sister said the same thing, was to, would be to do nothing. To just let him go, and you know, let's see what happens. My older brother, they they did. Uh, he got a hold of me. I talked him through what was going on. I told him what the options were. I said what I was thinking would be the way to go. He said he was favoring. Let's give him the medication. No to the defibrillation at all. My sister said the same thing. No way. No way. We're doing that. We're not putting dad through that. He's 88 years old. He's had a long life. He's not in great shape. What's he coming back to? Why do that to him? But the medication might... And, you know, Bob had had his reasoning was that, you know, it could get him through the night. Uh, it could, you know, it could help us and give us a little more time and coming to the what decision we want to do, what we're going to do. And again, like I said, we were so close to palliative care or comfort care at that point. So he got a, he, so I gave him that, and then I, I did tell him I said, you know I, I understand you want to do the medication, but here's what I'm saying to what end? What's it going to? How's what's going to happen? I mean, what are the cardiologists going to do in the morning? And Bob just you know I but I said I'll support your decision if that's what you want to do then let's do that and I'm you know I'm good with it and okay. So that was he got a hold of the doctor, told him that's what we should do. I don't even know. Well, they did give him the medication. I don't think he had a VTAC uh, thing for the rest of the night. Um, he, he, no, he, I know he didn't. I'll tell you why. I know he didn't. Uh, and I'll tell you that after I take this first break. Um, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. If this station was not your cup of tea, 
Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, talking about um, what happened to my dad. <clears throat> I, I hope you guys don't mind indulging me in this kind of thing. It's very personal, but I don't know. I think it's a story to be told. That's my show. I, I decide what content comes on it, or goes on it, goes into it. I, I don't know what the word is. <clears throat> So the decision was made to give him some medication that would help calm his heart. And, um, you know, I went back to my evening. And about 11.30, I got a call from my sister, who was absolutely frantic. Now, she lives down in Mankato, which is about an hour and 45-minute drive from the Twin Cities. And uh, so she was back home. And she just was thinking about it and realizing what was going on and thinking that this might be the last night for our dad. And she called me, and she was so upset. And she said, there's nobody with him. And like an idiot, I said, well, do you want me to go down there? (laughs) I said that. And she said, yes, I'll go. I'm going. I'm going to go. I'll go down there. Um... And, and so she called, so, so I got off the phone, I think she called me back, she said, okay, I called the hospital and told them that you're on your way, and, and you need to go in through the emergency room, and uh, the security will bring you to Dad's room, because uh, the other part of the hospital is closed. You know, people can't come in. So that's what I did. <clears throat> and I got there, and there's Dad, and he was resting. I, I sat and I held his hand and I talked to him. Um, he he was sleeping most of it. I, he, I think he, he knew I was there. I think he said hi. You know, greeted me. He realized I was there. Um, but he would fall back to sleep and he'd have these um, kind of restlessness moments. In fact, it, it, whenever I tried to go to sleep. He would, you know, something would cause him to get restless and he'd kind of shift around in the, in the bed and it'd wake me up. And So I didn't sleep. I maybe got, I don't know, 20 minutes, 40 minutes of sleep the whole night. Um, and I talked to him. You know, he was, he was asleep. You know, they... I've heard this, that it's said that the, the last thing to go on someone when they're dying is their hearing. You know, if they're, if they're unconscious and you're at their deathbed and they're dying, they, they, you're told, you know, talk to them. They can hear you. That's the last thing to go is their hearing. And I say, how do you know? How, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know they can hear us? <laughs> I mean, has somebody come back from this close to death and said, hey, I could hear you talking to me the whole time? I don't know. Maybe there's some way that they know, or maybe it's just something that is told to to relatives and friends that are there that to, to, to help comfort them or whatever, to help them have that moment of closure, to talk to them, tell them you love them, tell them, hold their hand. So I did that. I held his hand told him I loved him told him he was my hero and he was I mean I didn't I've never been comfortable with admitting that anybody was my hero I mean Pete Townsend 
some people say, well, he's your hero. And I say, well, not really. But I I don't know. I admire him. There are people I admire. But the only person throughout my entire life that I would say, absolutely. And I'm sorry this isn't a slight to my mom because she was a hero too. But I would say that my dad was my hero. So I told him that. And I took the advice from my sister who was saying, let him know he doesn't have to keep fighting. Let him know he can rest. You know, we'll be okay. He's done a good job. We're going to be okay. Go be with mom. Of course, I don't believe that dad is with mom in some kind of heaven thing. You know, I'm an atheist. I don't I don't believe that. But but he's with mom within us in our memories. In our metaphorical hearts, you know, he's in our hearts and our memories. You know, it's it's all in our brain, but you know what I mean. He's with mom, there. And I told him to go be with her. Now he made it through the night. Um, a uh, respiratory nurse came in and was going to do a nebulizer with him. That's just a medication that they breathe in to help open up the lungs and get people to breathe better. And she came in to do that. And I happened to be on the phone with my sister. And I said, oh, someone's here to do a nebulizer with Dad. And my sister said, is that comfort care, palliative care? Is that what that is? Because, again, I don't think the decision was made officially by that point, but it was pretty close to go to comfort care, palliative care. What that means is there's no longer any medications given to prevent something. No intervention medication. He, his insulin, he was taken off his insulin. He was diabetic. He was taken off his insulin. He was taken off all kinds of things. The only medications he was giving, uh, given was stuff that would keep him comfortable. And if that meant uh, a nebulizer, because he couldn't breathe well and he was uncomfortable from, from not being able to breathe well, then a nebulizer could be palliative care. That's what the nurse had told me. But she said, I can... I, I don't have to do it right now. You can, we can wait until the doctor sees him in a, you know an hour or two or whatever it was. And because he, she said he does seem like he's breathing okay. Doesn't look like he's struggling, so we can put that off. And I said, let's do that. Um, so the nurse, uh, so the doctor came in eventually and knew that the decision at that point was we're going with palliative care. I don't know if she had talked to my brother or or what, but she came in and she says, okay, we're doing palliative care. And she's going through the list of medications. She's showing, she's looking through the computer, a dad's you know chart com, computer thing, and go and discontinuing all kinds of medications. Let me tell you, boys and girls, the amounts of medications he was give, being given it was was crazy. But he would all he they they already had him off of all kinds of stuff. They already had the 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 uh, uh, the tubes hooked up to him. Already had him disconnected. You know the, the intravenous intravenous uh, medications are going. They already had them undone. So maybe the decision had been made before I got down there, and I'm just my chronology of memory is not great. But she was just showing me all this medications to take him off. We're keeping him on this. We can give him morphine uh, for pain, but also to combat air hunger. She said, or it, because they're not getting as much oxygen and not breathing as deeply, and and that that can make them uncomfortable, make them feel like they're 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 choking or something so morphine or oxycodone which they did put them on oxycodone can combat that air hunger that need to breathe to feel like they're, they're, they're choking or something it can it can take that away so it's it, you know so they're more comfortable and that was the the whole plan at that point so they didn't do a nebulizer uh, the doctor looked at him and said, yeah, he does see his oxygen levels okay. It does seem as though he's breathing okay, you know, for his condition. And then uh, my older brother came in, and I went home. Um, and, uh, geez, did I go to work? I think I did. Um, I can't remember. So that was Monday. And then Tuesday was the uh, 24th. Went into work, knew that my older brother was going to be going to the hospital to see Dad, to be with him. I had to go to the post office to pick up a 
a package that for me or some comic books uh, and I um, as I was walking out of the post office I got the phone call from my older brother giving me the news that dad had died that morning um, before Bob had gotten to the hospital so I walked back to the shop with that information in my mind, I walked up. I walked in. Uh, one of my uh, bosses uh, saw me walk in and just turned to head up the stairs to the art department where my wife works. I didn't say a word. I didn't, you know, just he. He said he knew. He could tell. And I went upstairs and I told my wife that Dad was gone. My older brother was, you know, was asking, you know, he, he told us in, the, in our group chat that we have with the siblings, he told my younger brother Steve and Nancy and me, and he says, um, you guys don't have to come down to the hospital. I'm here, but if you want to, let me know. You know, so they'll, they'll you know, they'll wait to start, you know, they'll wait until family's here before they start dealing with dad, you know, whatever they do. And I texted, I said, um, Amy and I are just going to go home. I, I, I wrapped up some stuff at work. I let everybody know, and you know, I, and gave uh, my office coworker, my other boss, uh, the information on what our jobs I had going, and and uh, we went home. And then I texted them. I said, "When you guys are done at the hospital, come to Dad's, you know, where we were living. Come over to Dad's." And everybody except for my older brother did. Uh, I think my older brother had some stuff that he needed to get done. Um, I think he also had a cold coming on. He wasn't. He didn't really want to be. Uh, uh, he, well, no, maybe not. I don't think that was his thinking. Sorry, my brain's a little scrambled still. And they, we, my sister picked up some food, and we, we were there, and we were looking at stuff and talking. And the next day, we went to the funeral home. Um, you know, all of us kids. And. You know, decided what we were going to do for uh, the services. Um, we used my mom's service uh, as a template for what we wanted to do, and I, uh, I said, um, "We're going to be doing you know readings from the Bible again," and yeah, I said, "I I did a reading for my mom," and. Um, I, I told them, I said, honestly, I can't. And it's not because of my atheism. It's because I, I will not be able to get through it. Dad's death was really hitting me. My mom's hit me too. Don't get me wrong. But my dad's was really hitting me. And it's in part because it's now both of them that are gone. And I, I said, I don't think I'll be able to get through it. So, <laughs> so somebody suggested would my son do a reading. So I texted Hayden and I asked him, and he said he'd do it, and he did, and he did it fine. He did fine. Anyway, and then the funeral director says, "Okay, did uh, did somebody want to write an obituary?" And um, everybody looked at me <laughs> because I wrote moms uh, with a little help from my sister. Uh, but I wrote moms, and so they looked at me, and, and I said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And we kind of bat around some ideas of what to have in there. I took some notes, and uh, this was a Wednesday. Um, and I was up till 1 in the morning <laughs> writing that obituary. It was longer than moms. It, it, had, it hit on a lot of things. I sent the first draft to my sister to, you know, get her input. She had a couple suggestions, but she said, this is really good. And and she had a couple suggestions: change this little here, add this over there, and I and I did those in the in the morning, and I sent them over to her. And she said, "Perfect." You know, that's that word now. Everybody says "perfect." So she said that, and then I sent it on to the funeral director, and I reviewed the proof and you know, did all whatever I did. I'll put a. I think I I think there's still a link possible to put up. Uh, to the obituary so you can read it and learn about my dad a little bit and what a few paragraphs can say about him. Um, 
we had the service. Uh, uh, we we while we met with the with the priest at my dad's church, uh, he was going to provide uh, preside over the the service. And yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to take my next break. I don't know. This might be a whole show doing this, but um, I'm going to take my next break, and uh, and uh, we'll come back, and I'll I'll just talk about the service a little bit, and. Uh, see if I have any other time left. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Uh, I'll be right back. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains. When, oh, when will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me. Hold me, my daddy. I never felt lower than dirt on the floor. I say, holy my daddy. I never felt like crying oceans before. <laughs> Welcome back to Dimland Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. <clears throat> so we put a service together. Again, based on... Uh, uh, what we did for mom. Uh, this time we had the priest at my dad's church, uh, who uh, uh, was able to get to the hospital while dad was still alive to be able to do a, you know, give him the sacraments and visit with him. You know, dad never talked about religion. He never talked about his faith. He never talked about, you know, God. He didn't talk about his beliefs. He never talked about that stuff. What he would talk about in church would be something the priest said that was funny. You know, something like that. He just, he never talked about it. Mom would talk about her faith. Mom would talk about believing in God and Jesus and all that stuff. But Dad never did. He did tell my sister, though, that, and this was... In more recent times, he did tell my sister that um, that the church was a comfort to him. His father was not the best dad. His father was an angry man who, who I don't know if he was physically abusive to his four sons, but he was. He could be cruel. He could be mean. He would scare his kids. Um, Dad would said to my sister, he says, I don't like to think about those things. Stuff, he says, in my youth, I don't like to think about stuff. He'll talk about the things that, that you know, were fun for him and, you know, enjoying whatever. And, and quite a, a bunch of the stuff involves his brother Ray, who is just the next brother in line. My brother was, or my dad was the second uh, of the of the boys, Uncle Ralph was first. Um, 
then Dad, then Uncle Ray, then Uncle Wally, who's my godfather. Uncle Wally died many years ago. Uh, liver disease. He was a drinker. Anyway, died young. And, um... Uh, but Dad and, and Ray had a lot of times together. And I was talking to the two of them. You know, when Dad was back home and Ray was over visiting, and I was talking to him, I said, you know, you know, we kids, you're, you know, you know, Dad's kids and Uncle Ray's kids, so I'll really be really grateful because you guys were good dads. Because from what I've heard about Grandpa, what I've heard about them, him, he wasn't a great dad. Uh, Uncle Ray said something that echoed what Dad had said to my sister. He said, "Yeah, there are things that we just, I just don't think about them. I just don't, I just don't think about it." So church was a comfort to Dad, so it was good, you know, to honor his memory by, you know, having a religious service. I didn't scoff. <laughs> I didn't join in in the prayers, but I stood when, you know, to stand out of respect for my father. And I, I, I kind of think, yeah, okay. A little silly. One of the people who attended the service is a cousin of mine, who the daughter of my dad's youngest brother. Uh, she lost her husband at about the same time as we lost my, uh, lost my dad. And I didn't know that until like I think the day of the service, I, I, she's a Facebook friend, and I would see her posts, and she, there'd be some stuff with, with pictures of her and her husband. I would just kind of scroll through, and I didn't pay close enough attention. I just thought, man, oh, it's an anniversary or something. I didn't realize, and then my younger brother told me that, that, he, that he had died. And I didn't know him, and I don't, I haven't seen this cousin of mine. Uh, I think this, the last time I saw her was at uh, my younger brother's wedding, and before that was at my mom's funeral. It just, you know, you know, family. It, 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 we don't always hang. I have a cousin. The the the. Uh, I think it's the oldest brother of that same uncle. You know, the oldest son of that same uncle. I should say. Uncle Wally uh, talks about. We should start doing like a you know a Fitzsimmons and related family gathering every year or a couple of years or something. We should do that and, and we all say, well, start, work on it. <laughs> Arrange it. That's a, if, you know, that would be a good idea. Anyway, I, I, I felt so horrible for my cousin, who I found out, she told me she listens to this show, so hi. And again, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I gave her a big hug and just says, I'm really sorry. I just, I, I just pretty much learned I, I think it might have been the day before I can't remember. Anyway, um, <laughs> life does a lot of stuff to you. Uh, but the service was was fine. My son did his reading just. He thought, did I? I didn't read it too fast, did I? Maybe, maybe a little fast. But you were you were clear and everybody you under you we were understood. We you know, you did you did fine. You you were great. Um, you know he got through it without breaking. Uh, and and my older brother did the first reading, and my my brand new sister-in-law she did the the prayer for people. You know where we say you know for so and so and whatever. You know we say our prayer. She didn't realize how personal it would be to dad, and so she got partly through it, and then she began to break a little, take a moment, but gather herself. She got through it. She did a nice job, and my sister got up and did a words of remembrance for my dad. And it was... it was wonderful. You know, she did a wonderful job for Mom. But she topped herself with Dad. And the displays that we set up to show Dad's life in pictures and objects. I mean, we really... My sister... She says, I don't know about other people. She said this at mom's. She said it with dad. She says, I don't do the, the poster board or the or the tag board with pictures pasted to it. If that's what you do, that's fine. I mean, it works. But Nancy is 
fancy. <laughs> and she's got individual frames for pictures, and then she has those multi-frames with several pictures in them. And she, she, and, and I had the idea of Dad had this this jacket that was from his uh, his carpenters union that he was so proud of. He got it for 50 year membership, and he was a member of that union for like 67 years. And and he he was so proud of this jacket. And I've got a, a, one of those half mannequins. Uh, it's just the chest part you know, that we use at work where we put T-shirts on, take pictures of, send them to customers. Here's a mock-up of what, what we're looking at. Here's the first print. Here's what it looks like on a shirt. You know, that, that. I brought one of those down, dressed it in the jacket, but also in his one of his work shirts and a white undershirt because that's what he wore. And we set that there. We put a, a, a veteran's cap on there and a, a union cap on it. You know, just to set it, just have it there. A marionette that he made when he was in high school with the help of his mother. He, he did all the woodwork on it, and she did the clothes. We we set that up, and, and it's just it was a wonderful display of stuff. And there's a book that I remembered that my dad got, I think when he retired, that was given to him by the company that he worked for for 50 years uh, that it just shows buildings that he worked on, that he ran the job or that he was part of it at least, which included the Minnesota's Vietnam War Memorial that's on the Capitol grounds here in, in Minnesota that that he did, you know, he and the, and the company he works with, they volunteered their time. They didn't, you know, there's no charge for that. He, he, he worked on that. And he did a lot of churches. I made sure the priests knew. I says, you know, just want you to know that my dad built a lot of churches that's the company seemed to specialize in them. So it was quite a surface, and you know the God stuff aside. <laughs> it's uh, it's unusual living in Dad's house now, with him not there. And it's still mom and dad's house. Amy and I haven't really done anything to change things. But my sister told me, she said, make this your house. Make it your house. I mean, take your time, but make it your house. Don't just, don't just have it be a shrine to mom and dad. You know, make it your house. Now, in a way, it's comforting because mom and dad are all around us in that house. All around us. Um, the first things that are going to change <laughs> in there, I mean, we have a couple rooms that have been changed that accommodate you know, our bedroom and our little TV room where we still spend most of our time in the TV room. We don't spend time in the living room. We don't, you know, it's just like we're in the kitchen, we're in the TV room, we're in our bedroom. We don't, you know, the rest of the house, well, the basement is so filled with stuff that, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's just, we got to get things figured out and 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 get, get it together. But um, those parts have changed, but the, everything else is still pretty much the same. But the first thing that's going to change in the house is all the Jesus is coming down. <laughs> there's lots of Jesus in the house. <laughs> you know, there's crosses and crucifixes, and there's 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 you know poems and you know prayers and shit. You know, there's a thing of the Last Supper above the kitchen door, and there's just there's Jesus all over the house, <laughs> and uh, that's coming down. But. <laughs> Uh, maybe, I, I don't know what we'll do with it, uh, you know, but, you know, I'm sorry, it's just, uh, I'm an atheist, and my wife's an atheist, and we're just not, we're not Jesus people, and I've told my siblings, at my service, when my time comes, no Jesus, <laughs> no Jesus, no God, no Allah, no Muhammad, no, no Vishnu, no Thor, no Zeus, no flying spaghetti money. Uh, monkey, money, uh, mummy. What the hell is it? Flying spaghetti monster. Uh, I knew I'd get there sooner or later. None of that. Maybe some Satan. Hail Satan. But no, no Satan either. I, hail Satan. I don't believe in Satan any more than I believe in the rest of the stuff. So, but yeah, that's anyway. There's a couple Jesus things that have come down. At least one <laughs> since we moved in. But uh, 
you know, it's it's not my thing. Uh, anyway, so the service was good, good turnout of people. Still had some food left over. Mmm, good food though. I had some leftovers after that. So um, uh, there's one thing that's still sitting where it was. It's uh, my sister had put up uh, dry erase boards. Uh, there's one on the uh, one of the kitchen cabinets, and that on that board is the listing of all the daily things of uh, medications wise for dad. You know, stuff to deal with his diabetes and, and all that. So there was the morning stuff that needed to be done, and then the evening stuff that needed to be done. And we, and the I, I may have told you this already, but at the bottom of that board is the day, you know, the day and the date. You know, so every every night I would erase that, put the next day on there, erase all the check marks from the stuff, and 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 that would, you know, and then that next day as he did his morning meds, that got checked off. He did whatever, you know, checked his weight, that got checked off. That got, as he did all the stuff, we would check it off, and at the end of the day, everything should be checked off. Well, the board is still in place. And it still shows Sunday, October 15th, which was the, his last board. Only three things are checked off. I managed to give him his meds and two other things, uh, like his insulin. Uh, that's a separate line. And what's the other thing? Um, I think I gave him this uh, breathing thing that he, he uses. So those three things are marked. But everything, you know, it's all as it was. And I told Amy and I told everybody else, don't erase that because it might be Dad's last board. And it turns out it was. So. Um, this is Dimland Radio, after all. And I do have a signature moment that... Um, that I do, and I haven't done one of these in a while, so let's fire one off. It's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Well, I'll tell you what they got wrong this time. There's this big new epic movie coming out by Ridley Scott. It's going to come out on Thanksgiving. And it's a it's a biopic or a biopic, or I don't know how people say it, about Napoleon, the the emperor of France, the fellow who conquered half the world. Military genius. Joaquin Phoenix terrific actor is playing him it looks it's a it looks like an epic a scope like the old epics except of course you know computer generated stuff is going to be happening instead of actual people but stuff has gotten so good it's it's you know i'm sure it'll look terrific and i've been seeing the teaser ads and trailers and such i've been seeing them and the thing that now i could be wrong once the movie comes out, I might be proven wrong, but I just saw another trailer last night, just a little bit of or a teaser trailer. Saw it last night, and I think, and again, so this is a pedantic moment, and I could be wrong, so we'll see. Time will tell. But I think this movie is going to depict Napoleon as being short. Now, I looked into this. Historians are saying that Napoleon was not short. He was five foot six. Now I know you're saying, well, that's short, Dim. Yeah, yeah, it's short now, but it wasn't short in the late 18th and early 19th centuries. It wasn't short then. If anything, from what I've been reading, Napoleon might have been a little taller than the average at that at that in those days. He was or he was at least 
you know, among most of his soldiers that were the same height or maybe just a little shorter than him. He wasn't short. And it looks like they're going to depict him as being short. I, ju I just saw it last night on, uh, on, on YouTube. There was a little trailer or whatever. I think it was YouTube. And, or anyway, I just I saw it on the internets, and there's a there's a scene in there where he's leading a procession. It's, it's, I think it's where he he crowns himself emperor, and he's you know and he's which I guess he did do that, and he's leading this uh, sort of a procession inside this grand hall or whatever it is. All kinds of people around him and people following him, and he's walking in front of them, and he's shorter than everybody that I can see in that shot. It's a real quick shot, but he's short. It looks like he's shorter than what's her, what's her name? His 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 uh, his 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 woman uh, was it Josephine? What the hell was her name? Anyway, the Napoleon gal. He appears to be shorter than her, from what I can see. And uh, I I put this up on my Facebook and I said it looks like he's going to be shown as short. And so many people who commented, well, that is short. <sighs> <sighs> It's short for today. It's not short for the late 1700s and early 1800s. It wasn't short then. There were some people who said, yeah, if you look at the, uh, at the beds that people slept in, you know, like Napoleon's bed, it looks like a kid's bed. It, by today's standards... And another person came and said, yeah, if you look at uh, you know, beds from the American Revolution time, same thing. The average height was shorter. Our average height is taller now. Taller than it was then. So yes, 5'6 would be short in 2023. But was it short in 1790? No. And somebody else also brought up that the this whole Napoleon was short thing was sort of a British press insult of the guy. You know, he has such a ego about him that that he would, you know, he he was upset that the, the British press would be depicting him as short. Now, how that started, I don't know. Like they called him the Little Caesar or something like that, and you know, and that that bothered him. And when the British press found out that that bothered him, they did it even more. And now it sticks. And so he's a tiny little guy. Now he's been depicted in other things as being tiny. Uh, the great movie Time Bandits by Terry Gilliam. They, they they have a segment in there, if you don't know what the movie is, it's a bunch of uh, little people who work for God. They do, like, they design forests or something like that. They stole a time map from God. And, they, and they're just so they can get themselves rich. They go to different time periods and they steal stuff. And they recruit this kid, somehow, this kid named Kevin, who's taller than all of them, uh, but, you know, not by much, but he, he's taller than all of them, and he goes on these adventures with them. And one of the adventures is to go to where Napoleon is at, who's played by Ian Holm. And, you know, Napoleon is depicted as being short. And he's delighted to be surrounded by these little people. He's, he's so much taller than them. He's delighted by them. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I haven't watched the movie in a while, but I think Napoleon keeps going on about other world leaders and how tall they are and stuff like that. He keeps bringing that up and things like that. And he's depicted as being short in there. And I'm fine with that. Because it's played for laughs and funny, and it's pulling on the you know the, the 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 conceit that was brought up by the British press of him being short, I'm okay with that. But if you, it's not meant to be a a super accurate depiction of Napoleon. But this Ridley Scott film seems to want to be a much more accurate depiction of Napoleon, and they shouldn't have him being short. One of the people I work with made the point that you know that that might not go. They might have had to make him short because everybody believes that Napoleon was short, and you know, I mean, after all, there's the Napoleon syndrome, which is you know short guys you know over correcting for their height or something, over you know bearing themselves, uh, being tough guys because they're short. But you know a lot of people call that short guy syndrome. But still, he said. He was suggesting that, you know, if they showed him as being tall as everybody else, everybody said, well, she's Napoleon's as tall as everybody else, or taller than some of these people. Well, 
He's short. So maybe it wouldn't go over. So they had to. I don't know. That seems like a cop-out to me. He wasn't short. Don't depict him as being short. I could be absolutely wrong. When the movie comes out and I see it, and I'll say, oh, I guess they didn't depict him as being short. If that happens, I will make a correction. But until then, Napoleon wasn't short. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, it's the end of another show. Um, thank you for letting me tell you the story of how things went and of my dad a little bit, at least the end of his life. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Tell the people you love you love them and sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by the Yolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. in. Well, well, I'm going to hell. Oh no!